welcome in listeners to another episode of the Busby Babe podcast. I'm your host Colin Dams, joined once again by Nathan Heinchel and Polly Questel. What is up, boys? Hello, guten Abend, mein Freunden. Oh, oh, we're hey. we're going German again. <laughs> Save it for the end, Nathan. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, babysitter Brent's not here, so we whipped out the German. <laughs> yeah. We did extend him an offer to come on the show. Yeah. Hey, Brent, come on the pod. Also, Fred. Yeah, he's he doesn't listen, apparently, so yeah. um, he's not gotten our other invitations, uh, you know, mid-episode. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Manchester United coming off a nil-nil draw in the Manchester Derby. Uh, and... It seems as though results are falling our way, so it kind of makes sense that we would drop points at the weekend against a team that is not looking that good right now. Classic. It's it's the midweek stuff. Uh, I've been afraid of this game for a while now because Sheffield have a point, singular, one, and... That first, I mean, it happens in January too, but it's always like that first time where the Premier League finally plays a midweek slate that just weird things just happen. And it's weird because you would think that the likes of City, United, Chelsea, we're used to playing twice a week. And the smaller clubs who aren't would get hurt from this. And, and yet it's always just weird results happen. Like it just, you can never predict what's going to go out midweek yeah so uh west brom just wrapped up a 1-1 draw at the etihad against manchester city and that game followed uh wolves beating chelsea 2-1 which is chelsea's first loss is that their first loss of the season in the premier league or have they lost one before no they lost to liverpool right who are we talking about uh, i think uh, they have three chelsea. losses i believe they have three losses chelsea's uh, lost back to back yeah oh, wow. they lost on they lost everton yeah, that's right. Yeah, Everton. It was a weird weekend. Imagine losing to Everton. Imagine, <laughs> imagine playing two holding midfielders against West Brom, and imagine not winning. And yet, uh, do we believe that, that was... the discourse will be about either Frank Lampard or Pep Guardiola from these games? I don't think so. It's probably gonna be about Ollie. Uh, well, well uh, to be fair, Luckhurst has already tweeted about uh, Guardiola, but he basically just said he's going to get away with everything because he, it was really a jab at City. He said he's going to get away with everything because City are just happy to have him. So, And there's an element of truth to that. Yeah. I mean, you have to think, though, you know, a club like Manchester City that's gotten used to winning, um, can they really stand to have these, you know, drop points and missed chances happen when somebody like Mauricio Pochettino is uh, right. available. Exactly. And I, mean, and, and I mean, it's you're playing two holding midfielders at home to West Brom and you're not winning and, and you're not winning. Uh, the, the, or, you know, Frank I, I Lampard, just think personally, I, mean, I think that they probably should have played three holding midfielders. That was probably the issue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Massimiliano Allegri is available too, man. Like, yeah, the Wolves. Zidane might be available soon. Yeah. Although this is an actually interesting conversation. I don't think Zidane's going to be available. I don't think like I was kind of shocked that uh, Borussia Dortmund actually pulled the plug on Luciano Favre, despite the fact that he is not getting anything out of that squad and they have so much talent and week after week they drop points. But talking about it with my friends, like 
we always look around and go, all Does right. That mean we are. What? <laughs> Nothing. Continue. We always look around every time a job comes open and Mauricio Pochettino doesn't get hired. And we're always like, when do you start being like, wh- like, when do you start being like, mm, why are teams not looking at this guy? And according to one of my friends who is family in Italy, Pochettino, Juventus wanted Pochettino, but his wage demands made it a non-starter. Like they didn't even approach him because they knew we can't afford him. That's how like that's how little money Juventus have. And Real Madrid, we know, don't have money. They didn't sign anybody this summer, which they said we we can't sign anybody. We don't have money. They're only they're about to do wage cuts again. They're only going to increase their wage bill next year when Gareth Bale comes back. I just I don't I think teams are like trying to ride this wave out and they're more they're going to be more hesitant to fire their managers because it's just another expense that they don't want to deal with. Yeah, and um you know, I think uh Premier League wages probably come in a little bit with that too as well. It it seems like Pochettino probably got paid quite a bit at um Tottenham as opposed to what some other leagues maybe can offer and Juventus were having money problems before the pandemic even really happened so um, right when everybody says a trend like, that can continue when everybody says Paul Pogba will just go to Juventus and it's like not sure about that because you know if they can't even afford Mauricio Pochettino how can they afford Paul Pogba like they can't afford to hire an unemployed coach who probably makes I don't know, seven million a year, six, five, seven. Now you want to bring in, pay a transfer fee for Paul. Like, you know, unless they manage to get rid of Cristiano Ronaldo, like they don't have the money for any big, big moves either. Yeah. It's Although, like a global uh, pandemic they, hurting revenues. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, um, back on to the Manchester United side of things. Uh, We do play Sheffield United on Thursday. Uh, It is the final game of the midweek, the first round of midweek fixtures in the uh, winter schedule. And uh, in the middle of those uh, is an interesting schedule. Yeah. Do you what should I call it? I don't know. Like I've never heard somebody call it the winter schedule. (laughs) Isn't it? Isn't it like the The holiday schedule, the festive period. Yeah, the oh, December yeah. slate. Yeah, I, I, I guess. <laughs> Why are you gonna call the me hellscape? For that? <laughs> the frozen about, like, hellscape. I, I guess. I guess this year's like a weird year. So like, there's actually like, I don't know, because you wouldn't normally consider like Boxing Day like midweek fixtures. You just consider them Boxing Day. Right. And, and then like, what? There's usually like games on like, like the twenty eighth day and New Year's Eve. Yeah. Doesn't it usually go like Boxing Day twenty eighth New Year's Day? Something like that. Well, like this year, Boxing Day is a Saturday and New Year's Day is a Saturday. So I guess we're just getting like a midweek. I guess, I, yeah, I guess it's, it's like a weird one. Yeah. Do we also, not have midweek uh, next week as well? No, we uh, do. We play in the League Cup. That's like the weird thing is right. the teams that don't yeah. play in the League Cup just like when right when they say, oh, the schedule gets tight, like all the League Cup, te- all the non-League Cup teams, which is at least 12 of them, uh, just get a week off. Right. I can't remember what I was talking about when you called me out for the winter schedule thing. It's the last. Um, we're playing Sheffield. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. playing Sheffield. 
Bramall Lane's going to be rocking as Manchester United comes to town. <laughs> the atmosphere, it's going to be crushing. I mean, look, no the fact that we, I mean, look, Ollie might throw us a curveball here, but the fact that the fact that we have more than one central midfielder available for selection this year, like already puts us ahead of the eight ball from last year. <laughs> right. And I mean, Sheffield United's tactics last year, I mean, they worked a lot better, you know, the way that they would sit deep and then counterattack teams. It has not worked out very well this year. Uh, they've only got one point in this Premier League campaign, and it came against Fulham, who uh, are similarly near the bottom of the table and struggling for results. But Fulham this is some still a... Though. Yeah, Fulham does have some talent. But uh, Sheffield United is still a team that we are going to have to break down, which is something that we've not always done great with. But... Uh, as you mentioned, Polly, we've got all the creative players in the middle of the park, um, you know, at our disposal for this one. Yeah, I mean, I think this is something we talked about at the beginning of Project Restart because we played Sheffield United what, in our second game. And they had already that was like their third game. And towards towards the end of right before lockdown, like when Sheffield United were in eighth, it was already becoming obvious they had been found out. And teams. They, you know, they did a good job of catching teams off guard and stealing some points in the first half of the season when their unique tactics, people hadn't seen them before. And then everybody said, oh, OK, that's how you play. We now we know what to expect. Now we know how to beat it. And they did. And this year, I think it's really just continued. Uh, this is the danger when everybody says we don't have an identity and we don't have a style of play. Like this is the danger of having an identity and a style of play. When you only play one way, it's easy for teams to prepare for how to beat you. Liverpool and Manchester city get away with it because they have really good players, but like Burnley and Leeds and Sheffield United don't have great players. So it's harder for them to get away with it on a week in week out basis. Yeah. We're going to have to break them down. We didn't, really have trouble doing that post restart and you hope that that can continue what concerns me is that when you look at past couple of games not performances or anything just who's played who's looked tired upcoming games plus opponent that we're facing this is the game where rotating the squad makes a lot of sense you know Aaron Wambasaka desperately needs a rest this would be the game to put Brandon Williams in. You don't you you don't think that uh, Luke Shaw, fresh off a hamstring injury, is going to play twice in a week. So you put Alex Tellez in. That's already two of your back four. Uh, it would be suicide to play Fred and McTominay together in midfield against Sheffield United, unless you are trying to draw nil nil. Marcus Rashford needs a break, and suddenly you're looking. You're going every you know when we. When we over-rotate the squad and we put in guys, it's never a like-for-like like sub. And, and then you, you look at what happened against West Ham where you had all these players that were just convert Greenwood, Martial, Van de Beek, converging into the same spot. And you just worry, are we going to make too many changes here? And it's, it's just going to look disjointed and we're not going to be able to play the way we want to play either. Yeah, and there's still the issue. I mean, Martial came back. Uh, against Manchester City, he was available for selection and he was on the bench. Um, but Edinson Cavani is still out. Um, kind of makes you think about what Ollie will try to do with the attack and whether Marcus Rashford will get the break that he wants. 
even if he does, Mason Greenwood's probably going to have to play. Where would he play him? But um, I actually, I think that this might be an interesting game to try and get all three of Van de Beek, Bruno Fernandez, and Paul Pogba on the pitch uh, in midfield with Van de Beek maybe playing a wider role um, in place of either, you know, the right wing where there's been a lot of problems or, like you said, giving Marcus Rashford a break uh, on the left. Or he could play Pogba there. Pogba played on the left against uh, City. Yeah, he was there for a little bit against Arsenal, but that was like a substitution kind of last 10 minutes sort of thing. Right, but like against City, we we played our normal 4-2-3-1. It was just Pogba was on the left, Rashford went down the middle, and a, actually, that was the first half. And occasionally we fell into that Bob Bradley 4-4-2 where it was just, oh, put your best players on the outside with Greenwood and Rashford in the middle and Pogba and Bruno playing like as not even as wingers, but as just left and right midfielders. And it was like just getting flashbacks to the 2010 World Cup with Dempsey and Donovan, like just being like, hey, where could you guys impact the match the least? On the wings, go, go do that. Um, In the second half, it seemed like he moved Pogba more centrally and Bruno kind of took on the wing. I think that was kind of to get Bruno away from Fabinho or Rodri, whichever one was man marking him. But I could you see mean that. Fernandinho. Whichever one of the Fernando brothers City still have. Um, so I could I could see that happening, um, Colin. I, for, for me, like, Marcus Rashford needs a break. Sheffield United is not the kind of team that he plays well against. Give him a break. Leeds, very much the kind of team that Marcus Rashford plays well against. You want him in there, fully rested. Um, it, it's just a matter of, like, who do you, you know... Do Van de Beek or Pogba offer what you need from that left side? Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, it could you, you know, what are you going to do on the right side? Cause like you would think this is the game for Juan Mata to play in, but like we've already seen that Mata, Van de Beek, Fernandez in their one trial run, that was too much. And, and would Mata, like, can you imagine Mata, Van de Beek, Pogba and Fernandez? Like that's probably too much too. There's, you know, this is, this is what happens when you get squad depth, and this is why they pay Ali the big bucks. Um, I think the thing I'm going to be looking forward to most in this game, and because I'm noticing the uh, Manchester United official page is really hinting at Martial returning to the starting eleven, um, with a headline: "Could Martial start against Sheffield United?" Um, feels like that is telegraphed. I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what, if there is a week for Anthony Martial to finally find his form again, this is this is the game to do it. Um, he's just not been himself I, ever since he uh, got that red card. It just he doesn't look like he's been, you know, Tony and maybe, you know, maybe maybe things are going too well at home. And that's what's set off his form. Um, but what I think is important is the last time we played Sheffield United, Anthony Martial had a hat trick. And I think that this is a defense that absolutely can be had. They've yet to have a clean sheet this season. Um, they're very poor on defense. And my God, like this is on a silver platter for Martial. I, I really think he needs a score in this game. Like I think in United right now, for whatever reason, they can't seem to score at home, but they do score. I think, are they leading the league right now in goal scored away from home? Like they have to be, they, they this, score in bunches away from home. This is it. This is it. Tony, Eat. It's time to eat Tony. 
Come on. He needs a goal in the worst. Time to eat, comma I mean, Tony, not actually eat Tony. You look at you look at the team's lack of scoring. They've got four goals and four assists combined in the Premier in eleven Premier League games. Four goals, four assists combined from Rashford, Greenwood, Martial. You can't have that. Well, and during Project Restart, we were looking at it, it was like, oh, my God, this is the front three for the future. And then it's like. And people were like, oh, we don't need Jadon Sancho. And it's like, yeah, no, Mason Greenwood's not going to keep this up. And, you know, Rashford disappears in a lot of games. And Martial still might not be the answer. And, and you, you, you know, it, it's become clear why Solskjaer made a, a huge effort to sign Erling Holland. It's become, and not just because Erling Holland is scoring goals left and right, but like it's it's clear at home why he did it. It's become clear why he flew to Germany to talk to Timo Werner. It's become clear why when he didn't get his primary guys, he has signed very short-term other strikers to be like, right, you're just here to hold the place until another long-term target becomes available. Because... The same questions we asked before Project Restart of, is Martial the guy? And we want to see it consistently. And then when he scored those three goals against Sheffield, which two of them were very much number nine goals, and we were saying, this is what you want to see. Now we want to see it consistently. And I thought he did do that post-restart, but he hasn't carried that over into this year. And that's a problem because that's not consistent. Man, looking back at that Sheffield United game, too, um, I know Pauly just said he'd love to see Marcus Rashford get a rest, but Rashford had two assists in that game. Rashford so, was awful in that game, though. If Rashford were Rashford to play this weekend, Rashford was really bad in that. Do you not remember the, the discourse around that? Like, and it was like, it was like, oh right, remember like this guy hasn't played since January, and like he has, like you know, he's still getting into it. But everybody's like, Marcus Rashford was really bad. <laughs> Still still have two assists, assists, he did have two assists. He did, and the first one was nice. <laughs> game for him to get two assists again. It's the Sheffield United game. Like I'd rather so him get a rest. I'd rather him get a rest, and I'd rather uh, like Paul Pogba or Donny Van de Beek get two assists. That would be fine too. Yeah, like, I, I just want everybody to eat. I just want Sheffield like I, it'd be better for Marcial to get a goal, or you know what? It would be better for Mason Greenwood to get an assist so he can learn how to pass the ball. Because we've also seen this over the last <laughs> few games, is that. Marcus Rashford and Mason Greenwood, not fond of passing the ball to each other, and it's becoming a problem. They've got big shoot-the-J yeah. energy. But, like, know? even the commentators are now like, dude, why aren't they passing the ball? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, it's like it's like Mason was had enough success early on where it was this, my back is to goal, I immediately, like, turn around and whip a shot in, and I score. To, and now, like, he's still trying to shoot that shot and is, like, not going in. Well, it, yeah, but it's also there's three guys between him and, and the goal. And yeah. they and the defense, they, they'll leave Rashford open because they're like, he's not going to pass it to him. And he took this off-balance shot on Saturday that Grandma So was like, you just see, like, that, that, that nose for goal. He's always thinking about scoring. And it's like, he should be, like, you know, that's a terrible shot. And, like, he was off-balance and he was slipping as he did it. And it was a simple simple pass to a wide open Marcus Rashford. Like, you know, remember, uh, uh, well, who made the pass? Who made the pass to Martial against PSG? That he missed. You guys can't even remember. Oh, it was Rashford. I can't. I think it, it might've been Rashford. It might've been Cavani. Yeah, no, it was that. Ras- <laughs> yeah. Like, Rashford made that run down the right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, and then was it, yeah, who can't, that, this is exactly the point. You can't remember. Like, let Greenwood, 
just make the simple pass to Rashford. Let us remember that Rashford's the one that blew it rather than take the off-balance shot and and blow, you know, one of the few scoring opportunities that we're getting. Like, the, the two guys, they got to learn to just pass to the open man. But, yeah, maybe Anthony Martial's got to finish one to remind people, like, yeah, if you pass to the open man, we'll score. And, and Mason Greenwood's, like, got irrational confidence, like Dion Waiters energy going on right now. He does, and, and that's the thing is, like, he has a sick game, and then he has one where you're like, oh, no, Mason, what are you doing, baby? Like, <laughs> I, look, I want you to be 70% selfish. Like, you know, Bruno is not selfish enough. You know, he passes when he should shoot, and he shoots when he should pass, and he breaks Queen in on goal against PSG and somehow tries to leave it for Cavani, who's 20 yards behind him. I like the fact that Mason's thinking goal, goal, goal. But like when the simple pass is right there, when you're breaking in against Leipzig and there's a defender on you and there's no one on Marcus Rashford, just play him in. And when you come in and you're off balance and not a bad angle and, and there's no one on Rashford, play the simple ball. And until you, you're, you're just making your life more difficult because teams, they continue to do it. They Tottenham did it. Brighton did it. City, did, they just load up. On, when you get the ball out at that coming off the right, they put two, three guys on you because they know you're going to shoot. They know we don't have to worry about um, about the pass. Yeah, I, I think that something that has also been detrimental to any of our attackers really getting some sort of run of form in this season has been the fact that we haven't really had a consistent attacking lineup play together. The only one that we started to see, you know, some form of cohesion between was the uh, Martial on the left, Cavani through the middle, and Rashford on the right. And that didn't last because uh, Martial picked up another injury. But also, you know, as Polly's brought up a couple times, Cavani's not a player that can start every game. Uh, he's just not got the fitness or the youth, youthfulness to do that anymore. And the result has been, you know, kind of like last year, we're seeing an overworked Rashford having to play a lot of different roles as one of the only players that has stayed healthy this season. And he's had, you know, a plethora of partners and no real run of form with any one, you know, front three to really get things going yet. I think it's really hurt Anthony Martial the most, but, um, you know, Mason Greenwood with everything else going on, it's kind of not been great that there's this added burden of you know him underperforming because he, he i mean in that right wing role he's not always been you know the perfect fit for it anyway but you know playing a stri- split striker role really exposes how much he's lacking in every other part of the game as well yeah but just coming off the right it, it, against west ham it looked like our build-up like we had 10 men it looked like we were playing with 10 men when we had the ball yeah and and a lot of times when you play him in the split, split striker role, it's, it's hey, can 10 men create a shot for the 11th guy? Like Because if we don't yeah. create a chance I mean, for, the, for that 11th guy, he's not useful. And, it was like that at times uh, at the end of last season when he yeah. was you know, oh, yeah. in form. You know, when, even when he, in a game where he'd score a goal, that would be the only thing he did all day. Well, I'll say this. Against Sheffield, because I, I did write about it. Against Sheffield and against Brighton. Against Brighton. Project Restart, he was all over the field, and it was incredible. Against Sheffield, I had just, you know, I had just written pre-restart, like my Dan James versus Mason Greenwood breakdown, where we, I talked about how James gets back. And, like, that's one of the reasons that Ollie keeps trusting him, because defense is so important to Ollie. And Mason Greenwood 
really has lapsed his defensively. And against Sheffield, he was brilliant. He got back. He did the right things defensively. Against Brighton, he did the same thing, only he moved around against Brighton. He came down the middle at times. He went on, he went down the left at times. But this season, it, he just, it just hasn't been there. There was, a, there was an instance early on against City where he was uh, – he did get back. He did uh, – you know, he, he tracked back and, and picked up his man. It's, it's, in, it's in the piece that I wrote yesterday. And he was better against City but, you know, was pretty silent – you know, because on the ball, he just is weak. His passing's weak. His, his dribbling's weak. He he favors his left foot significantly. He's afraid of using his right foot. And people will yell at me and say, oh, are you kidding? Mason's really two-footed. Yes, he can finish with both feet. Fantastic. He's a great finisher with his right foot. In the box, he's not afraid to use his right foot. Out of the box, he is. He won't take on a defender unless he's on the left side. He You know, in transition. He won't, you know, he... He had a chance against Chelsea where all he had to do is put the ball on his right foot and go. He would have beaten the guy. And this is right at the end of the game where we're chasing a goal. And instead he pulls up and plays a square pass that killed the break. Like we had Rashford breaking out in front and stuff. And it it hurts the team. And you said it like we haven't been able to get a good run of playing with the exception of Cavani, Rashford, Martial. But that was 90 minutes. You know, they played the second half of Southampton. And then they played the first half of Istanbul and maybe a few more minutes into the second half before some of them. And uh, West Brom as well. They played the end of West Brom together. You're right. And they, and they actually looked very good in that. Um, and then they played against Istanbul. Uh, but you should be running away with Istanbul. But then, you know, like so many times we have our attacking players out there and then we have Fred McTominay as the midfield. That's not an attacking midfield at all that, you know, that's, not going to help progress the ball and get the ball to your guys in dangerous areas. The only time we have success with that really is when Juan Mata comes into the team, in which case then your front three changes again. Uh, then you have Alex Tellis coming in at left back. Tellis can cross the ball. Martial Rashford are not really get on the end of cross guys. But if he's not crossing the ball, he doesn't really contribute going forward much. And, you know, that's where Luke Shaw hasn't beat, and that's who they're used to. And, and until Tellis starts contributing in that way and, you know, also picking up his man defensively, it's going to be hard to, to get that. So, like, you almost – I mean, I've, we've been saying this for, like, a month, I think. You almost have to look at Tellis and Cavani like they're a pair. You know, if, if Tellis is going to start, Cavani's got to start. And then it's just the ripple effect of everything. This – we talked about it. It was a fame. It was a common saying during the Louis Van Gaal and maybe even the Jose Mourinho eras, but definitely during the Van Gaal, it was United were the island of misplaced toys. They had a lot of fancy toys, none of them worked together, and they didn't know how to use them. And Ali's team is a lot of misplaced toys as well. It's uh, it's the island of misfit toys, not misplaced toys. So. Okay. Come on. At least you got what I was saying. I, I, yes. I think everything that I just gathered from what Polly said is we need to tank the Europa League. That's not so. going to happen. <laughs> we can't tank. You know what the thing is, though? Like, you can't tank the Europa League because that's when Palestri is going to play. We got we got yes. the FA Cup. Give us Facundo. Actually, uh, he got could a whole play, Premier League um, to play Facundo. I mean, it's not like the Premier League is that good right now. Yeah, I was going to say. still not. Uh, he, he could play on Thursday. I mean, you know, we it's not like we have many other options at right wing that we haven't tried already. 
And he's been uh, he's been balling out for the U23. I'd be I shocked if he played on Thursday. I think he he'll scored play, in three straight games. Uh, he'll come off the bench next week against Everton. Yeah. That was we got shocked. That I could see him got a team, but it, it doesn't seem likely that he would play in this one. But I got to think he's definitely taking reps in training, and then Ollie is looking for that that cup competition to give him his debut. Yeah. I, it, it probably depends on how things are going against Everton, whether he makes an appearance or not. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that'll about do it for us. Uh, we may try and record again after the Sheffield game uh, before the Leeds game on Sunday, but I'm not sure we're going to be able to do that. So uh, in the case that we're not able to, to do that, do you guys want to talk a little bit about Leeds now uh, before we close out? Sure. So they've, I think they've lost their last two games in the Premier League, and uh, not that they've been found out or anything, but okay. uh, they seem like a team that you know is starting to wear down off of their initial hype uh, coming into the Premier League and scoring, uh, you know, quite a few goals against some pretty good teams uh, their first couple weeks. Um, yeah, they've they've got a minus five goal differential now. They lost against Chelsea, and then was it uh, Crystal Palace beat them? I'm not sure if that was the most recent one, though. Uh, they just oh, lost to West Ham. Yeah, they just lost to West Ham this past weekend. So, you know, this is a team that, uh, you know, again, it seems like we're we should know that we're better than. But unlike some of these other teams that we should beat, uh, this is a team that likes to go at people, and that kind of has me excited that this will be a bit more of an open game where. You know, we can hit them on the break and players like Bruno and Rashford, you know, can go back to their best form of hitting teams on the break and, uh, you know, giving us counterattacking masterclass. I mean, if there was ever a chance for us to get into a shootout game, I think Leeds is probably the number one option. I mean, on opening day, they went 4-3 against Liverpool, and that was probably one of the more exciting games I've watched in a long time. And they're, they're really weird because you look at, they run a schedule and they either get completely locked out and they don't do anything or they, you know, they muster one goal or they explode where they score three against Liverpool. They score four against Fulham. They score three against Aston Villa, who for all accounts are pretty decent, but then they disappear and they lose four, one to crystal palace, you know? Um, so if we're talking about like coin flip games, I don't, our, our defense doesn't exactly make me feel super good about a team that does want to attack and does want to try and open you up as well. So it could be one of those ones where it's like, you know, just watching transition basketball, which uh, after watching that City United game, I think I, I would take some of that. That's that's not how you want to play against Leeds. Leeds are, you don't want to play Leeds' game with Leeds because that, like, then will end up open. And you do benefit from the fact that Leeds can't finish to save their lives, which, knock on wood, but, By the way, Patrick Bamford is the same age as Jesse Lingard. <laughs> um, like a terrible finisher, isn't he? Um, yes. But so, is he just fresh out of the youth team? I mean, he's like a. He's like 19, Bam- I remember right? when like Patrick Bamford was like the next Chelsea striker, and then he went on with the Crystal Palace and mm. and did all that. Hate um, to see it. And then he kind of caught something with Leeds. Where is he? Was, 
Oh, he's actually there's not a terrible finisher. So he's like Michi, Michi Batchelon. He's actually not a terrible finisher. He gets a and he gets a lot of chances. Um, you don't want to get open with leads. If you start running back and forth playing transition basketball with them, you leave yourself a little like you leave yourself poor. You want to stay organized against them and then let them. They can't defend. So if you stay organized, you can shut them down pretty easily and then pick them apart, which is what Chelsea did. And Chelsea racked, Chelsea had an expected goals of over four against Leeds, which is absurd. They got a million chances from right in front. They finished like crap. Um, and they still won 3-1. Just stay organized. Our back four of Shaw, Maguire, Lindelof, Juan Bissaka, they don't concede goals. Any other combination of players or tinkering in the back four, and it, they can't stop a nosebleed. So that's probably why you want Shaw to play against Leeds and not Sheffield. I, I, I actually think this is the game to give Bruno a rest, simply because we just have to stay organized, and you could use Rashford to pick them apart on the break, and you know it's like the beginning of last season. Uh, this is not the game that we struggled to win last season without Bruno. Um you should be able to play organized, hit them up and and hit them on counters, and nullify their guys without Bruno Fernandez for 45 to 70 minutes and get him the, the rest that he needs. But you just don't want to go back and forth open with them. It's gonna ruin your own game, and it'll ruin. You know, West Ham played a little bit too open in the first half last week, and then in the second half they got much more organized. They didn't. They didn't take the bait with Leeds, and, you know, that game was one-sided for the second half. I spoke about this with someone on Twitter, like, before we signed on. And someone, <laughs> so, has, oh, someone has already responded to being like, like, you guys are ridiculous. You want to park the bus against Leeds. Like, no, that doesn't mean you're parking the bus. Like, there's a difference between staying organized and parking the bus. Like, we're not, we're not advocating for everybody to hang out right around our box. You know, you're inviting you do what, them to open up space. Right. You could do exactly what United have been doing all year, which is stay organized. And when the ball gets to midfield, that's when you start pressing them because that's when there's space to run in behind. And it nullifies where, you know, you're not playing a high line, but you're playing a condensed line. There's no space for leads to go to. If they try to play over the top, De Gea is there. It, you know, staying organized and playing on the counterattack is not necessarily the same thing as parking the bus. Yeah. So, Polly, what you're saying is that if you play too open against Leeds, that's a good way to surrender Leeds. Yeah, basically. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I was oh, sitting on that yeah. for about like two or three minutes, but I wanted to let Polly finish first. Yeah. Um, Woof. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that is going to do it for us today. Um we will see you possibly at the end of the week, but uh, definitely next week to look ahead to the Everton game. And then um, who do we play on Boxing Day? Leicester. Uh, Leicester. Oh, that'll be interesting. How many games? So, uh, how many games are we uh, so far? How many games away are we from Boxing Day? Um, there is Sheffield, Leeds, like and Everton. Seven games between now and. In Boxing Day. Sheffield right? Weezers has three games, so what do are Leicester still in the in the cup? Leicester is I do think that they are in the EFL Cup still. 
I want to know who's on yellow card watch. Oh. Do we got uh, maybe um, maybe some indeed? They are not. Uh, the other games are Brentford versus Newcastle, Arsenal versus Manchester City, and Stoke City versus Tottenham. So Johnny Evans has already picked up three, five yellows. That's astonishing. Damn. Making quick wow. work here. They've got Telemans and uh, Telemans. If he picks up uh, picks up a yellow in each of the next two games, you know, get you know, enjoy your Christmas. Don't have to worry about playing the next day. And then Polly's Mendy, same situation. That's all though. Somehow, somehow Jamie Vardy has only picked up one yellow this year. That sucks. Also, just don't give that? Lester any penalties. Well, he's been more concerned with tackling all the colors. There you go, Colin. I can make bad jokes too. I was trying Lester to have won eight. Lester have won eight like, penalties already this season in twelve games. Like Penchester City. Yeah, right. People give Ollie. People give Ollie a lot of crap. United have only won like three penalties in the league. Yeah. Uh, um, dude, it's just all about narratives. You know how it'll be. Yep. It's Twitter. Dude, uh, after Christmas, we've got Leicester City, Wolves, and Aston Villa inside like five days. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's All right, that's I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up before we keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Hey, is there any uh, men's national team things we want to bring up real quick? We haven't hit our quota. We all, yeah, we already hit it. We Robinson already filled that bingo card. Yesterday. Polly brought up the 2010 World Cup. Oh, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Auf Wiedersehen. 